just what is involved for practice before the United States Tax Court. I'm going to look into what is necessary for both an attorney or a non-attorney to be admitted to practice before the tax court. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. Now through Patreon, I had a supporter contact me to find out more information about taking the exam for a non-attorney to practice before the United States Tax Court. So I am spending this episode to discuss that issue. I know, for example, my volunteer assistant is an enrolled agent, that she was curious about what it took to practice before the tax court. And I was working with an individual in Missouri who is not an attorney that she was also curious about practice before the tax court. So to begin with, I'm going to look at what it takes for an attorney to be admitted to tax court before turning to non-attorney requirements. I'm going to be starting in Rule 200 of the Tax Court Rules of Practice and Procedure. Those are available online on the Tax Court website or they can be purchased through the tax court for $20 to have a paper copy of the tax court rules of practice and procedure. But Rule 200 is about admission to practice and the periodic registration fee. Now, for an attorney, an individual must fill out an application form with a fee, and that must be submitted with a current certificate from the clerk of the appropriate court. So that must show that the applicant has been admitted to practice before and is a member in good standing of the bar of the Supreme Court. And they give examples, the Supreme Court of the United States, the highest or appropriate court of any state or the District of Columbia, or any Commonwealth territory or possession of the United States. A current court certificate is one executed within 90 calendar days preceding the date of the filing of the application. Now, currently, the application fee is $50, and an individual can also purchase a wall certificate for framing for an additional payment of $15. They also say in Rule 200 that the court may impose a periodic registration fee that does not exceed $30 per calendar year. In my experience, I just paid the application fee and the court has not required a periodic registration fee. Just note that they do reserve the right in their rules to do so in the future. Now for a non-attorney applicant, that individual must submit an application with a fee to take a written examination provided by the court. 
Those exams are required by Rule 200 to be held no less often than every two years. Six months prior to the date of examination, the court is to announce the date and time of the examination. The applicant must be sponsored by at least two people admitted to practice before the tax court, and each sponsor must send a letter of recommendation to the admissions clerk. In that letter of recommendation, the sponsor is to state fully and frankly the extent of the sponsor's acquaintance with the applicant, the sponsor's opinion of the moral character and repute of the applicant, and the sponsor's opinion of the qualifications of the applicant to practice before the tax court. The court has discretion to accept an applicant with less than two sponsors. Now note that after passing the examination, the $50 admittance fee is also required, but the examination fee is $150 for non-attorneys. That increased from $75 previously, but the examination is made up of four parts and it tests the applicant's knowledge in these subject areas. Number one, the tax court rules of practice and procedure. Number two, federal taxation. Number three, the federal rules of evidence. And four, legal ethics, including the model rules of professional conduct of the American Bar Association. It is four hours to answer all exam questions they are all taken in one group. It's not broken up at all. And a passing score, the applicant must show proficiency in each subject area with a 70% score or greater on each of the four parts of the exam. So basically you have to have 70% or greater on each of the four parts I was going to say an average passing rate, but I don't want to just make it in your head that it's an average rate because having less than 70% in one part will not qualify. So you have to have an average passage rate, certainly above 70% to be passing with having at least 70% in all four categories. Now, as I mentioned, the tax court rules of practice and procedure are available online, or you can get a printed copy for $20. Prior copies of the exam questions are available at 50 cents per page. So with costs going back to 2014, that is 2014, 18 pages for $9, 2016, 17 pages for $8.50, and 2018, also 17 pages for $8.50. If a person fails to pass the exam, they can receive a copy of their answers and the score assigned at 50 cents per page. Additionally, 
that request must be received within 60 days after the date after the court mails notice that the person did not pass the exam. Generally, there is no reconsideration of the exam results unless the applicant demonstrates a clerical error in the scoring and requests reconsideration within 90 days after the court mails notification that the applicant did not pass the exam. There is no post-examination hearing, personal interview, or re-examination for a person who does not pass the exam. After 120 days following notification that the person does not pass the exam, the answers will be destroyed unless there is a request for reconsideration pending. Those answers will be destroyed 60 days after the final action on the requ request for reconsideration. Now, in the 2018 press release, the subjects were weighted with these percentages, tax court rules of practice and procedure, and the federal rules of evidence were weighted 25% apiece. Federal taxation was weighted 40%, and the legal ethics, including American Bar Association model rules of professional conduct, was weighted 10%. So potentially, that will be the weight of the exam subjects in future years. But the most recent notice I see about it is 2018. If they are still available, the 2012 exam was also 17 pages for $8.50. Now, for this year, the exam was going to be scheduled for November 2020, but there was a press release on May 7th that the exam is postponed to the fall of 2021. That is Administrative Order 2020-01 that due to the health and safety issues resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic that the examination is postponed to the fall of 2021. Now generally the exam is held in Washington DC. For several years it was held at the tax court location on site but the 2016 and 2018 Exams were held at the Ronald Reagan Building and International Trade Center in the Atrium Hall. So generally, the exam is held at a specific location in Washington, D.C. The exam applicant will need to travel to Washington, D.C. in order to take the exam. It is held on site and not virtually. So breaking down the four hours of the exam. The 25% for the tax court rules of practice and procedure and the federal rules of evidence, those at 25% would be 60 minutes apiece. The legal ethics of 10% would be 24 minutes. And the federal taxation at 40% would be 96 minutes. 
Now, with regard to passage rates, the exam is quite difficult. So passage rates have ranged between 5 and 19%. The statistics going back to the year 2000. In 2000, 102 took the exam and 17 passed. A 16.67% passage rate. 2002, 47 took the exam and 7 passed. A 14.89% passage rate. 2004, 72 took the exam and 4 passed, a 5.56% passage rate. 2006, 58 took the exam and 6 passed, a 10.34% passage rate. 2008, 54 took the exam and 8 passed, a 14.81% passage rate. 2010, 83 took the exam and 8 passed, a 9.64% passage rate. 2012, 77 took the exam and 11 passed, a 14.29% passage rate. 2014, 126 took the exam and 23 passed, an 18.25% passage rate. In 2016, 119 took the exam and 16 passed, a 13.45% passage rate, and 2018, 143 took the exam and 22 passed, a 15.38% passage rate. Now, for study groups, I know of the law office of Frank Agostino, Agostino and Associates, that they do their study groups. I know they have a email group and study sessions. I am not sure if there is any charge they have for studying with them, but they are certainly a resource to contact if you are interested. And looking online, I also found Gregory and Associates Incorporated. They are doing business as USTC Practitioner Services based out of Fountain Valley, California. Agostino and Associates, I believe, is out of New Jersey. They are in the Northeast, at least. But USTC Practitioner Services, looking at their website, they do seem to have a high success rate for the individuals of their students who were in the group of the passage rate. But looking at their costs, it does look to be high, $7,600 that they would take half now and half in 2021. So certainly if you want to study with them, you would certainly need to be serious about spending money on the exam. Now looking at the pros and cons of being admitted before the tax court, I do find it curious that attorneys who want to practice before the tax court must generally just be admitted to practice in their state or other locale that will be recognized by the tax court, that they do not have to show any specific tax knowledge to be admitted to the tax court, though certainly if you are going to take an active matter before a judge, I would suggest that as an attorney, you have 
working knowledge of tax, at least specifically if you are only doing one case that you understand the material thoroughly. But certainly the tax court is holding non-attorneys to a high standard because they are required to understand the tax court rules, federal taxation, rules of evidence, and legal ethics, because in a sense, because they are not an attorney taking a bar exam, they still want the non-attorney to be able to conduct themselves in a fashion that is comparable to an attorney when it comes to understanding tax, the tax court, rules of evidence, and ethics. Now looking at this, for one, I would say for people who live closer to Washington, D.C., then that is certainly easier for them because it would take less of a commitment for travel. So some people may be at a disadvantage, such as people I know in the Midwest who are considering the exam, that if you are outside the area, it is definitely a commitment, not only in money, but time and the study for taking the exam that one has to raise themselves up to a high level of competency in order to pass the exam that I certainly have wondered why it is necessary for some non-attorneys to practice before the tax court if they are able to assist an attorney or help out in another fashion. But I certainly understand that there are people who want to take charge, that they want to be more in control of the situation and be able to appear before a judge or the IRS in that capacity. So certainly there are some people who are in more frequent contact with regard to tax court that it may be certainly beneficial to them. It may help their career and guide them further on their path. But looking at the passage rate and the high costs when it comes to time and and money that might be spent in studying the exam, that I would say for those people who just look at it as a curiosity and are not fully committed to furthering their career by practicing before the tax court, I would suggest to perhaps not take the exam, but certainly you know your situation best and your level of commitment. So I hope this has been educational to you if you are a non-attorney who is considering practice before the tax court. And just in general, those of you who are curious about what it takes for admission to the tax court, that these are some of the procedures and what is necessary for people to go through to be in practice with the tax court. So thank you for tuning in. I hope to be bringing you another interesting discussion very soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. 
Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.